0: Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Val Reese is the owner and founder of Executive Muse, a highly sought after leadership training and executive coaching company. She's worked with a variety of companies and industries from startup through to Fortune 500, all with the intent of increasing morale, engagement, and productivity. She has a new book. Chief Inspiration Officer, how to lead the team that everyone wants to be on. So Val, welcome to People 1st So excited to be here talking to you today. It's going to be fun. But before we get into talking about the work you do and your new book, I want to take you back to the very beginning and your origin story. So as we now know, leadership journeys are a little twisted and turning. So when you were at elementary school and the teacher said, Val, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. What was your
1: answer back then? (laughs) Well, I always had an affinity towards the science, biology, health, wellness. So I thought I was either going to be a PE teacher Mm. or a nurse. Okay, <laughs> a PE teacher
0: or a nurse. Now, I know your early career, you were working in the healthcare industry. So uh-huh. what was the pivot point then that took mm-hmm. you from PE teacher yeah. to not PE
1: teacher? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I, I actually went on to become a registered nurse. And, I, you know, when you're 18, 19, trying to figure out who you want to be when you grow up, you don't know all the little things nuances of your personality and what's going to match the best when you get older. And I found myself looking at the clock as a nurse, mm-hmm. and waiting for the, the time so that I can leave, which is never a good thing, right? If you're mm-hmm. at work looking at the clock. <laughs> so I used to see all the medical sales and pharmaceutical sales reps coming in and out of the hospital, and I would want to leave with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's not a good sign, right? <laughs> I go on calls with you, I just found it fascinating.
0: So so you pivoted then from being a registered nurse to focusing on the human side of business and leadership development. And your company is called Executive Muse, which caught my eye right from the get go. So tell me about the inspiration and more about the word, why you chose the word Muse.
1: Yeah, Uh, I hired some firms to help me with naming and they were coming up with, with things that just weren't really resonating. And, uh, there was one uh, naming, they called it, the idea was executive studio. Hmm. I kind of like the word executive in the name, but studio for me felt a little more like an art studio and only a place for executives. And my business really is about servicing all of the, the managers. Mm -hmm. and supporting the executive because the executive doesn't always have time to get into the day-to-day conversations with the managers to help them support their employees Mm -hmm. and I thought well what is that that does that and um, I thought of guide and mentor and coach and then this word news popped in I said that's it executive plus news so uh, I was inspired to to put those two words together and
0: and it sums up nicely, the work that you're doing. And of course, when you go back to history and the origin of the muse, they're, they're inspiration, and here you are now as a thought leader and a guide for those on their own leadership journey. And as I read chapter one of your new book, The Chief Inspiration Officer, um, you had a quote in there that resonated for me. I'm going to look down and read it so I get it right. But you said, people are not disposable parts. They are gifts. It's the leader's job to nurture those gifts. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. I remember having a a new boss that came in. Uh, I was running a a department of about 31 people. And he turned to me one day and said, you make your team more than they are. And that really was like a punch to the gut. Mm -hmm. If we don't nurture our people, and we don't take care of them and we don't see them as the people that can grow and enhance and come up with the new ideas, then why are we, why are we at work? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Uh, And I do, I really see people around us as a gift and it's it, or if you water it and you take care of it, people bloom Mm -hmm. and the best side of them comes out. And that's, that's, um, a big belief of what I think is part of becoming a chief inspiration officer. I think that's powerful.
0: And I love the fact that the book, you share your own personal journey. And like me, the mistakes that you made made, or that I made, because I recognize myself in the stories as an early leader, because we tend to get thrown in at the deep end with Mm -hmm. no real guide. And that can end up causing toxic behaviors to be left unaddressed or for the environment not to be seen as a gift. Mm -hmm. So let's just start, because as you say in the book, people leave their boss, not their company. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the examples of toxic behaviors, some of the micro behaviors perhaps, that we underestimate how those can have a detrimental effect on the people who work
1: with and for us? Yeah, that's so, so great because part of what I then go into with the book is talking about how we as leaders get stuck in a, a cave. I call it a cave, mm-hmm. right? Where sometimes our own uh, stress and frustration and pressure that we feel from above gets transferred to below. And we might cut people off. We may not listen to them. We may get bossy. Um, we may unintentionally without even realizing it, take other people's ideas, not give them credit for them. Uh, there's just, there's a myriad of like so many ways that we can disengage employees without even realizing we're doing it. Um, and all these little things add up where people start to not feel valued in the workplace and mm-hmm. they don't feel heard and they don't feel important and they don't feel like they're making a difference. And so they go looking, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I think the old adage that people leave their leader, not mm-hmm. necessarily in their company is, is really true. Uh, and so those are the, the ways I see they start to accumulate. So I know in the early version of the book that I
0: had the opportunity, reads, You talk about getting out of jail. I mentioned that earlier on, but that's actually morphed, and that's what I love about the writing process—how our think thought process evolves. Mm-hmm. And you now talk about getting out of our cave. So when we read, Chief Inspiration Officer, give us a little tease. What are we going to learn about the cave
1: framework? Okay, so uh, yeah, getting out of the cave is definitely involved. I. Um, so it, it's an acronym, obviously. Um, and when we get stuck in the cave, typically what happens is something triggers us. So, like our boss saying something we don't like, or an employee not following through with a direction, or a client giving us a hard time, and so that ultimately leaves leaves us feeling a certain way—maybe frustrated, irritated, annoyed, agitated—and then it, sh- it it shows up in the way we behave. Mm-hmm. Um, And so we may get defensive, passive, awkward. We may shut down around people. And all those things can influence how we lead. And uh, the CAVE method helps us shift out of that Mm -hmm. so that we're not stuck in um, a scenario where we're feeling all that stress and pressure and frustration all the time. So uh, the C stands for Uh, criticism, because it's natural for us to criticize other people. And those judgments without us realizing it can keep us stuck and still in that place where we're, maybe all those emotions are bottling up. And the A then stands for assumptions, because we start to assume things about people that they're always going to be a certain way, and they're never going to change. And this is a little bit of the past defining our future. We stay stuck in those assumptions. And then the V is the victim mindset. We've all heard that victim mindset where we might have that inner critic that comes in and it's like, what if I fail at this? What if I can't do this? What if my team fails? What if my boss doesn't like me? What if I get fired? You know, all those, those little um, noises we hear that that. Pull us down without us even realizing it or being conscious of it, and then um, the E stands for enclosed patterns. So then we become enclosed in our own default way of being, mm-hmm. and the cave keeps us stuck from being that inspirational leader that we really want to be. So
0: awesome! I can't wait to read the finished version. But let's pick up on that talk because you yeah. challenge us all to be a chief inspiration officer. So what do you mean? How is that different to what we've talked about? Mm-hmm. Tell us more.
1: Well, I think part of being a chief inspiration officer is your mindset, right? Like, so that's why I spend so much time. The first three chapters are really talking about this cave method. And what is your mindset? How are you showing up to with your people? And how are they showing up maybe with their clients or their other team members? And so let's really take a look at that. And Recognize that we're all human, we're all gonna have these emotions and these patterns, but what can we do as a leader to help pull people forward and move them into a different direction? Um, you know, I used to be a sales manager and a lot of times my team would get down if they lost a sale or um they felt the pressure of the quarterly revenues, and then they would lose. Um, confidence in themselves, that victim mindset would come in, the inner critic voice, like, what if I don't hit my number? What if I, you know, get fired? What if this, what if that? Mm -hmm. And the inspiration officer knows how to gently guide somebody out of that, out of that victim mindset. Uh, And then they also know what they want, you know, and they know how to take this vision and lead people towards that vision. So a lot of the book talks about how to do that. They also know what their people are craving and they also know how to have those tough conversations. So when you do all those things, you inspire people to be the best versions of themselves. You nurture those gifts while still having high standards. And it's not just about being, a chief inspiration officer It's not just about being like a friend or their buddy. It's about um, being there for them, being them, being encouraging and also leading them towards and pushing them towards something even better than what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, in the early version I was looking at, you talk about intentional passivity. What does that mean? Yeah, it's just
1: that's that Venn diagram, right? Yeah. You mentioned the intentional passivity. It's knowing when to step back and just let somebody flounder and and maybe even fail and fall on their face because that's where the growth is. And and being comfortable with letting somebody just, um, maybe not, if they come to you with all the answers, I think a lot of times leaders want to feel like that's their role. It's like, let me tell you exactly what to do and how to do it. And intentional passivity is like, you know, I have the answer, but I want to encourage you to come up with it and see what you can come up with on your own. And maybe it's even better answer than something that I could have even thought of, or that I know with my experience. So it's, there's pros and cons, right? You do it too much. And now maybe somebody's I'm feeling a little lost and not supported. You do it too much, and you're disempowering people without realizing it.
0: yeah, it's that balance as you say, adding too much value, which mm-hmm. is where many inexperienced leaders or managers might start, they assume'm oh, what well, I'm supposed to know I've got to do, and mm-hmm. then to your point, abdicating responsibility by being too hands off mm-hmm. and so the difference here is the conversations that we have with everybody who works for and with us to understand what drives them, what helps, what hinders, and what's one thing I can do to help you to be more successful. So how does being a chief inspiration officer and how does the research and the writing process guide the work that you're doing with your clients?
1: Yeah, it really follows the training. Um, Maybe not in an exact order. Every every client's different and they want to start in different places, but the the foundation is there, And, and what I find is that I'm usually teaching these four parts of the book. I'm teaching leaders the cave mindset. I'm teaching them how to understand what their people crave. I'm teaching them how to have those difficult conversations and how to know exactly what they're wanting so that they can create that unique microculture that brings everybody together going towards the same thing. And so the book pulls in aspects of things that are the foundations of the executive muse training and has helped many leaders gain confidence in um, what, what they do, what they say, how they show up on a day-to-day basis and the success that they have with their employees being loyal. So it uh, follows it really closely, I think.
0: And how has your own leadership philosophy and approach evolved through your career, but also how has that accelerated as you've put pen to paper or finger to keyboard and written the
1: book? Oh, you know, it, it's interesting because as you're writing the book, I'm in my own cave. Like, who's going to read this? Or what? What if? What if no one likes it? Or what if you know this and what if that? And it's like, wait, wait a second. Like, use your own method. Get out mm-hmm. of your cave and. Uh, and really focus on what is the value you bring and um, what what it, even just like one person can get the benefit and learn something and be better in, in their environment and create an environment at work that feels different and more engaging than that's my goal, right? And mm-hmm. it's so, the same thing with leadership I had to go, what's my vision for this book? Like, what is it that people are really wanting? Like, I had to remind myself for myself (laughs) how to apply the techniques as I was writing them. And I talk about in the book, like part of being a chief inspiration officer is being your own muse, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are guiding not only the people around us, but we're guiding ourselves constantly. Uh, How do we do that? Because we're not... Um, free from our own stuff that comes up, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not like you uncover it and discover it once and then never shows up again, right? We have our own little gremlins that as you so eloquently described as you went through the writing
0: process. And I think I've, I know I've been through that with both of my books. I go through that regularly with the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But to your point, you have to be the chief inspiration officer for yourself, because if we don't believe it, why should anybody else? Mm-hmm. But I know from what I've read of the advanced copy, chief inspiration officer is going to be a powerful resource for leaders and managers, whatever stage of the career, their career they're in. And congratulations on mm-hmm. your first book. It's very exciting. So Val, how can people who are listening to this, um, learn more about you and the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah. So, so many ways to stay connected these days, right? So, um, they can go to the website, executive muse.com and they can connect, connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn through the executive news or Facebook as well. Um, I am giving away a first free chapter on the website, so they'll be able to download that and stay connected with me that way. So lots of different ways. Well, thank you. I look forward to continuing to celebrate your success and
0: wins as the book continues to rise in the popularity chart. So thank you for sharing a few of the insights,
1: Val. So happy to be here. You're lovely.
0: Thank you so much for joining MORAG today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow SkyTeam and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. dot com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.